How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. I have my new season co-star with me, Eric Degatti, with One Human Performance. How's it going, Eric? It is going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining in with us. Yeah, so uh, this episode, we'd like to start with uh, just talking about you know Eric's career. He's uh, been 20 plus years in the fitness industry as a personal trainer, athletic coach. He's worked with the NFL, uh, Olympians, and uh, as well as uh, coaching and mentoring other personal trainer and organizations. So real wealth of knowledge here, and uh, I'll let uh, Eric take it away. Yeah, so 20 plus years, that means I started when I was five, Brad. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, and I, um, I am in your sweet spot of your demographic. I am screaming towards 50 here um, in, in April, but uh, I've been doing this for quite a while in a lot of different capacities and gotten to see some cool things, work with some cool people, um, everything from uh, owning my own facility, One Human Performance, for, for 12 years, where we had a multidisciplinary facility, working with everything from your fitness clients all the way up to high-level performance, as well as the, the rehab segment. Um, we were partnered with physical therapy and, and chiropractic care, and then uh, that was one role. And then there was my role as a consultant working with different teams. I worked in the NFL for, for nine years. Um, and then the, the other big piece, what I do is education for strength coaches, personal trainers, physical therapists around the world, and kind of teaching them systems and, and uh, how to design programs effectively and so forth. So it, it's been an interesting run and uh, continues to keep rolling. So um, excited yeah. to be here. Are you uh, currently still at the One Human Performance Center uh, occasionally? Or are you more just teaching and mentoring going around the country? So, so I had the facility for 12 years and then got too busy with consulting and traveling and so forth. And so uh, got rid of the facility, kept the brand name, uh, got rid of the facility and uh, still see some some clients here and there by referral. But most of my work is going out and, and consulting and teaching. Gotcha. Do you, do you currently have any certification process for these uh, trainers or physical therapists or is it more? Just so I, I work I, I work with an educational group called Functional Movement Systems, where we teach uh, um the functional movement screen, which is a, uh, a way of, of looking objectively at how people move and, and being able to, to possibly identify risk factors that may be contained within their movement and been teaching for, the, for them for over 15 years. Um, and then as well as I have my own workshops that I teach uh, specifically on program design. Gotcha. It's called principles of program design. Principles of program design. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, a, I've been a personal trainer myself for over 12 years and I got introduced to um, FMS probably four years in and did a couple certifications through that too. So not probably as fluent as you, because, you know, since then it's been a lot, many years and, you know, kind of blended in with our training style that we do at our gym, which is a lot of circuit training. Um, so what's, what's uh, next for you? Are you just continuing across the country teaching or do you have any other plans? So the two big things are, are, are teaching with FMS now that we're actually getting back to live education now and going out and doing workshops for trainers. I just did one here in New Jersey a couple of weeks back, um, as well as a, the, the course on program design that we're doing for you know strength coaches and personal trainers and physical therapists, along with a partner, Mike Perry, who uh, has a training facility outside of Boston. And we have a bunch of days lined up for 2022 for both of those courses that we're going out and kind of getting people up to speed on on a uh, way of looking at things a little bit differently through the, through the, through the lens of checklists and meaning like a lot of people just go into fitness without really not having a why, um, whether it's on the, the trainers and the professionals or even the end user, your listener that just kind of 
they goes they go off of what they see in a headline or what they see on an Instagram you know post or what yeah. their person at their at their hair salon tells them and never really stop to ask why um, they just hear quote unquote is good for you. Um, well, you know, if you and I wrote got out a piece of paper and said, Brad, write down everything that's good for you, we're going to need more sheets of paper pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have that much time in the day, and not everything is, that's good for you is going to be good for me. Um, so how do I filter that information? You know, like we have a, a, a slide that we have in our in our program design course, uh, joking about how now we have the age of the biohacker that's out there on in social media, and they tell you all these things that you need to do as part of your morning ritual, and all of them in a silo are all awesome things, whether it's get 10, 10 minutes of sunlight or journal or meditate or breathe or do mobility work and all these things, they're all awesome. The, the thing that's overwhelming is for the, the busy you know, executive or for the, the, the mom that's got two kids that's gotta get 15 different places by the end of the day, like they don't have two and a half hours in the day to start their morning with all these rituals. Yeah. Like, and so, um, it's great if I'm a biohacker in Southern California that's sponsored and all I have to do is, is work out all day. Um, but the reality of how many people can actually do that. So how do they sift through that information? Like what, what actually is meaningful and what's going to really move the needle on me looking, feeling, performing my best. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing bringing the FMS screening process in there too. You can kind of just start at certain sections that they're not doing so hot on and just focus on that versus doing everything, like you said. And, uh, you know, just being in the business for 12 years, all the personal trainers and I've come across like 80 of them and maybe three have gone through that and maybe a couple more even have a screening type process. So it's, you know, there's a huge lack of education between like the personal training side and like the physical therapy side and FMS is I, I see and things like that is a nice little bridge, a gap. And, you know, more people need to get on that, you know, to be more effective. Well, they need to have some sort of filter. They need to have some sort of screen to figure out. Uh, and in our tagline that we use is move well and then move often. Like most people just jump into moving off. I'm just going to sign up for, you know, the boot camp and I'm just going to go. And meanwhile, I've been on the couch watching Netflix for the last 18 months and yep. not realizing that there's a, there's a bridge to get there. Um, you know, one of the things that, I didn't have to encounter, and, and you probably didn't even as much in the beginning of your career, is the level of, of two things. One is, is just musculoskeletal injuries as a, as a, as a whole, um, meaning that uh, insurance companies now claiming that their number one claim above cancer, above heart disease, of all these things is musculoskeletal injuries. So I tell people um, that when I first opened up my facility, and this was back in 2002, there was one physical therapy clinic in town and I knew the therapist's name it was a single therapist and there was one chiropractor in town. If you drive through that same town now, fast forward, you know, 18 years later, there's mega physical therapy clinics spread all throughout the town, as well as chiropractors, as well as, you know, pain management centers and all these other things because musculoskeletal injuries have gone through the roof. Yep. And um, the, the second compounding factor is, is that, we all get to fitness, especially, you know, for the demographic that's listening to this, we all get to fitness because we have that wake up call, right? We, we put on the, the pair of jeans that used to fit and now they pull out my winter clothes and they don't fit anymore. Um, I have, or I have that doctor's visit where they say, you need to, you need to exercise or I have that vacation or, or that reunion, whatever it is, is that's that moment of clarity that I need to, I need fitness, but here's the compounding problem. 
is fitness has become a risk factor. Like the, the, the number of people that are going, not just getting hurt in, in, in the gym where, oh, I tweak my shoulder in the gym, like people actually going to the emergency room from what's happening in the gym has elevated to an, an astonishing level. And so you're caught in this, in this catch 22, I need to exercise, but it hurts to exercise. So now what do I do? Well, if I don't have a filter and understand like why I'm doing the exercise and, and what the, and, and if I should or should not be doing exercise, just based on the most fundamental things of, can I move? Can I do something simple as touch my toes? Well, if I can't touch my toes, well, grabbing a bar and trying to deadlift it from the floor may not be the best option. No. For you. And it doesn't mean that deadlifts are bad. They're phenomenal. But we see the, you know, the inspirational uh, video of the 85 year old woman who's deadlifting 200 pounds. And we say, I don't want to be that person. And why can she do it? And I can't. Well, yeah, there's some checks, checklists you need to go through. First, most fundamental, can you even touch your toes? Right. And if you can't, why can't you? And, and peel back that onion a little bit more. Is it a mobility problem because you're sitting in a desk and chair all day and which has been compound and COVID just really shined the light on everything that was already happening, but it just expedited, just put it on the fast track. And yeah. so now you have people who went from cubicles to now you know, exponentially getting less mobile by now they're at a laptop at their dining room table. And now all of a sudden you have, you have that um, plus the fact that they they were you know extremely inactive and got wrapped up in a Netflix and ordering DoorDash and everything that, that happened there. And so what we have become is a very, very fragile society. Um, and so the, the, the dichotomy of that is on one side you have this we have this crossroads or on one side we have very fragile people. And then on the other side, we've never had the level of interest, and it wasn't there when I first started, the level of interest in high-intensity activities. Uh, how do people get a hold of you? You, uh, you have a website, social media. What's the, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh, I am on social media, and as I'm part of your demographic, it is not my sweet spot as much. Um, so that's an admitted flaw, even though you can find me everywhere, Instagram, or Facebook, or any of those at, at Eric Degatti, and it's uh, ERIC. Uh, D-A-G-A-T-I. <clears throat> and then if you go to the same website, which is www.ericdegatti.com, what I put on there, since I go out and teach so much and do these, these types of things, is I have a, a forum in there where you can ask Eric right on the homepage, where if you, uh, if you just write a question there, it goes directly to my email box, and I'll get back to you within, within a day or two with any of your fitness or training-related uh, questions. Great. Awesome. And I'll also put all those details in the written form on, uh, on the podcast show as well. So they can just click on the links, but, uh, thanks Eric for uh, joining us today and we'll, we'll catch you on other episodes. That would be awesome. This has been fun.